Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. We cover movies, TV shows, and everything else in between. I am your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and tonight I am once again joined by my good friends, Anthony Amato, we like to call him Shimato, and also also Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Hey, great, man. It's uh, Fourth of July weekend. Uh, excited to be here to talk about uh, Hamilton tonight. Yeah, that's right. We are going to be reviewing Hamilton later in the show, so you guys can scroll on down and check the, uh, the show notes to see the timestamp for when our discussion over Hamilton, uh, when we do that. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Fourth uh, of July weekend. Happy Independence Day, guys! Yeah, it's very appropriate. Uh, very appropriate material <laughs> yeah. for for this weekend. That's gonna true. Be a, a lot of fun this weekend. You know, you got any plans? Uh, just got done with the uh, with the lake earlier today, and then uh, tomorrow, actually, me and a couple of friends are getting together, and we're going to watch both Independence Day one and two. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> oh, ouch! So that's going to be interesting. Although I would love to also maybe sneak in the Sandlot because I love that Fourth of July scene that they have in there. That would just be. That Dude, would be I epic. thought you were about to say, me and some friends are going to be working tomorrow. No, uh, <laughs> that as well. I would like to not think about that part of yeah, it. Yeah, right. No, that's that's definitely me. I'm working tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm closing it down tomorrow. I'll be uh, uh, working late, so the only fireworks I'll be seeing is going to be through the windows of uh, the building. Hey, that's, so. that's probably a good time to be working, right? You're not going to get a, a ton of traffic in this store late at night, probably, right? Am I wrong? Uh, no, it's going to be a ghost town. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. It's okay. Be, it, normally, though, Fourth of July is a really interesting time at your store, especially like it is an epic night. Well, I'll find out tomorrow and let you guys know. Well, uh, yeah, regardless, we are thankful you guys are tuning in to the Royal Geek Podcast and checking us out. Uh, If this is your first time listening, you can follow us on Twitter at Royal Geek Pod, and you can also subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Um, or if you found some other random podcast catcher that we don't know about online, you can listen to us there as well. So we would appreciate if you guys would give us a review if you got some time. And again, please follow us on Twitter. So let's go ahead and jump in here with some news. I got some I got some relevant news uh, for you guys here this week. You know, we love talking about Marvel things. And uh, one show that is set to come out on Disney Plus, it was supposed to come out in August. It is still yet to be seen if it will be moved back. Everything pretty much has been moved back. But Falcon and Winter Soldier, what, uh, a Disney Plus miniseries, is going to be six episodes. Apparently they have nine days worth of filming left. They had to halt filming because of the coronavirus, because of the pandemic. But uh, they should be resuming soon. And, they, again, they only have nine days left. So it, they, when, you know, when you read these articles, it makes it sound like they're really close to being done with production. Yeah, uh, I'm wonder. I'm curious that if the delay, the pushback of Black Widow, will affect how they shoot these next nine movies. If they were gonna tie in, or if they weren't, like I can a hundred percent see the Falcon and Winter Soldier originally having uh, the next, uh, the other Black Widow, uh, the sister, um, yeah. the the Russian in in the in the episodes. Um, maybe that's what Black Widow's main purpose is setting up for, and but unfortunately now that can't happen because it comes up before. Oh my gosh! Or, Are you telling me we might have to wait until like December? I mean, in this theory I, of yours, uh, yeah, my theory is they're going to push it back until after Black uh, Widow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would that would definitely make sense if they were going to tie it in with the MCU a good bit. Yeah. Um, 
because you know they. I mean the move the TV shows they love, but they're not going to give up anything for that movie for that movie franchise. So yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see how this all sets up. And with only nine days, I would like to see how long their actual like shoot time was and how much nine days really is. Because I mean, if they if if it's nine days in a and they did it in like forty five days. I mean that that could be a lot of shooting left, but if it was like a hundred hundred plus day shoot, that's really not that much shooting left to do. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a perspective type thing when you're looking at that. Are you know what are you talking about really when you say nine days? I did see that the crew and like all the all the staff for the for uh, the show are, are exempt from all travel bans to Europe because they're doing nice. f- some filming in Europe. I don't know if they're doing all the filming in Europe, but they're doing some at least. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I'm really excited for that, eager for that to come out already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they need to get, they for need sure. to hurry up and finish that. And so. we'll we'll definitely be doing an episode episode breakdown, no doubt. Nice, no doubt. Now, Justin, you mentioned something Marvel related earlier yes. too, off the pod. So uh, another he- a heavy rumor going around: uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, famously known for playing Deadpool in uh, yes. uh, Fox's Marvel universe. Uh, well, Ryan Reynolds pitched to Disney. Uh, in control of the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, the idea of Deadpool 3 being Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe Fox Edition. So uh, (laughs) it would be, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the comic book series of uh, Deadpool uh, Kills the Marvel Universe. Yes, very much so. Yes. Uh, It'll be that general premise, uh, but except it will include uh, all of Fox's previous properties, which is the X-Men, the entirety of all the X-Men, and the Fantastic Four. And what better way to get all of those characters into the MCU than to have Deadpool go on some crazy adventure that kills them all. Just and, some rampage. And uh, uh, yeah. brings them all over to the MCU somehow. Yeah, I think it would be a great way to, like, you know, kind of um, smooth over things with Fox and everything like that to finish to finish it off. and um, <laughs> Smooth and, over by murdering everyone? <laughs> Well, it's one last trip down yeah. as they're bring, pulling it into the MCU. That right, like Fox right. will get something along with this, you know, before it, everything re- kind of reverts, hopefully, back sure, to sure. Uh, Disney and Marvel. So it's kind of a way to do that. And it really, it, hopefully, it'll tie up all that, that kind of stuff. So where you're like, you don't have these, you know, random characters out in these different universes that everything will be one cohesive universe. Yeah, they're just all under one umbrella now. And yeah. Don't have to worry about where they are. Which um, anyone who has read the comic book, I mean, it's it's it can be a very light and fun read, but also like if you're really paying attention to what's going on, it's a very like um, interesting read into like the mindset of Deadpool. It, it's really good when you get into that to that stuff. So it, it it has the potentiality of not just being, oh, he's killing this guy, he's killing this guy, he's killing this guy. It could very much be getting into more into the mind of Deadpool in the a psychological piece on uh, a character's mind. Do you guys think that the next Deadpool film under Disney control will be rated R? Yes. You think they're going to budge? I think so, yes. I mean, I don't think you with the success that Deadpool has had, I can't I can't imagine to be even worth it to try to make a PG-13 one, but wouldn't yeah. it be the first Disney property ever? Uh, Am I right in that? I would say yes. I would say yes. To be but rated I, R? I will say this. Deadpool uh, 2, it did get a, an R-rated theatrical release version, but then a bonus uh, PG-13 was was made. So, yeah. uh, But the way they did the PG-13 version was absolutely hysterical. They made it uh, 
Deadpool tells retells the story of Deadpool yeah. two <laughs> to Fred Savage. And yes, <laughs> it's like a reading a bedtime story. Yeah, it's from the Princess oh, Bride. Basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Deadpool's like reading him the events of Deadpool two, and then when it goes to something that's R rated, he's like, "Oh, I can't show you that." Or kitties, yeah, yeah. Just pretty much off. like half the movie. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think I could see two things happening with that. First of all. Uh, Disney cares more about one thing than anything else, and that is money. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to make money at that R rating, they're going to stick huh? with that. Yeah. Um, and secondly, I could see the only really restriction being is that they never release the R rated version on Disney Plus. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, I could see yeah. them doing like a similar thing they did. I'm with fine with that. Too. I'm fine with that. And when um, they do that release, they release that on Disney Plus, um, maybe like exclusively. So you right. drawing more people into that version, you know, to be it like, oh, be... I really need to watch the the uh, toned down version because the last one was really funny. So yeah. maybe nah, I guess I have to get Disney Plus. I'm one of the last people on earth who doesn't have it. So um, I could definitely see them doing that to draw on those. Yeah, last I mean, Deadpool's people. just so not family friendly just right. so inappropriate you know yeah so they're gonna have to find a way it could but... be literally titled deadpool 3 the disney plus edition like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh speaking of inappropriate anthony you have some some news that's uh, about some inappropriate characters as well right yeah, some of the uh, original cartoon animated bad boys, um, Beavis and Butthead, which um, <laughs> yes. oh, which I have not, I literally have not heard those names in years, man. Yes, um, I mean I've watched uh, some pretty recently and uh, things of that nature, um, but it uh, Beavis's Butthead is expected to get a uh, two new seasons on Comedy Central with the potentiality of some specials and um, a, maybe some spinoffs, um, which truthfully, what in. I think a spinoff, uh, King of the Hill. Is in my mind, in a lot of ways, a spinoff a direct, of Beavis yeah, and Butthead. I feel like the same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, but you know, of course, Mike Judge is the creator of Beavis and Butthead, and he's been keeping himself busy the whole this whole time with uh, a bunch of other really good properties. So, uh, and I think that uh, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how um, Beavis and Butthead work in the current um, ter- current like atmosphere that we are living in uh will they be toned down will they be um more outlandish will they be more geared towards what people see um this uh gen z culture is like are they gonna get kind of rebranded in like i don't know maybe they'll be wearing k-pop uh shirts oh, instead of metallica and acdc <laughs> um but yeah, yeah that's a good point like the kind of joking that they did back then wouldn't like, wouldn't yeah. do it yeah wouldn't. yeah some a, a lot of it would not be like allowed today which is acceptable which is one of the more interesting things to go back in time and just be like oh that's not allowed anymore yeah well just go Um, watch the office season one yeah you know office season one no way that would air now oh yeah um you know even going back to like you know there there are scenes even in a show as recent as like parks and rec where you know like there's a part where aziz and sorry uh character uh, puts a teddy bear with a camera, or g- gives it to um, Rashida Jones's characters uh, as a gift, and it's like, oh, it has a camera, and they all laugh it off as, oh, a funny joke. He's a playful guy, and nowadays that would be seen as a very uh, invasive and uh, negative thing to do. Sure, yeah. yeah, and there's actually probably the current generation actually probably doesn't even know who Beavis and Butthead is. 
So uh, yeah. most most likely most yeah. of them probably not. not. Yeah, they probably but, don't know. Uh, to tell you, most of them don't know what MTV is. Yeah, that, yeah that's true too. <laughs> but uh, I know uh, Beavis and Butthead, uh, the movie Do America, like that was like one of yeah. my childhood staples like, growing up <laughs> for uh, sure. De- Demi Moore playing it. the uh, main female. Yeah, it, great. It was uh, so hysterical. So dude. my dad, I grew up in a home where I was pretty much allowed to watch whatever I want. But yeah, yeah. likewise, like, yeah. you know, like. But like my dad would not let me watch South Park and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Like I could, they would let me watch Full Metal Jacket whenever I wanted, yeah. but, but not you know Beavis and Butthead or South Park. Hmm, interesting. You know? So uh, yeah, there's that. But <laughs> I mean, the only part you you only really have to watch the the uh, boot camp scene with Full Metal Jacket anyway. The rest of the movie is just kind of filler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, transition here to the uh, the main spotlight for this sh- this week's show. So again, every week we like to have one main podcast where we review something and uh we we got something really timely really amazing uh, a few weeks ago we were notified that hamilton was going to be coming to disney plus on july 3rd so we're actually recording this on july 3rd it, it literally released today yeah and we were all able to watch it today which yep. is you literally know, a miracle it like a half an hour ago yeah <laughs> yeah uh buzzer beater for anthony over here uh justin in a little while i want to hear I want you to share how you watched it because <laughs> yeah. you have a good story as sure, well. Sure, absolutely. I got to I got to sit down on my couch and watch it, which was great. But um, yeah, man. So really, really cool. Uh, Hamilton. Let me let me go ahead and do this. Let's do the. Uh, let me read the description directly off of uh, Disney Plus the app. All right, here we go. An unforgettable cinematic stage performance, which I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with uh, that. Mm-hmm. Wish I could have seen it live now that I watched it. <clears throat> it says, The filmed version of the original Broadway production of Hamilton combines the best elements of live theater, film, and streaming to bring the cultural phenomenon to homes around the world for a thrilling once-in-a-lifetime experience. Hamilton is the story of America then told by America now. That was really cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, you definitely pick up on that. Just that's that's how they framed all of this, uh, featuring a score that blends hip hop, jazz, R and B, and Broadway. Hamilton has taken the story of American founding father Alexander Hamilton and created a revolutionary moment in theater, a musical that has had a profound impact on culture, politics, and education. So that was the precursor to yeah. me hitting play. I read that. <laughs> you know, I truthfully, yeah. I truthfully didn't. I have some friends that have talked to me about this performance, this uh, this Broadway production, in the last several years, and I had some friends that were even trying to watch it live this year. Uh, but again, thanks to the pandemic, yeah. things kind of uh, halted there. But anyways, I still didn't really know much about what I was getting into. So I read that, hit play, and then for the next two hours and forty minutes, I was. I was truly amazed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. This uh, this musical, this play, uh, it won several awards. It won the Tony Award for Best Musical, Tony Award for Best uh, Book of a Musical, Tony Award for Best Original Score, Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album, the Laurence Olivier Award for Best New Musical, the Laurence Olivier Award for Outstanding Achievement in Music, the Obie Award for Best New American Theater Work, and the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. So, yeah. this so thing quite is, accomplished. Yes, yeah, very, for sure. very accomplished. So, and it, it deserved every single one of those. Yeah, phenomenal. I, I think one of the most uh, important things to remember about this is that th- it was all based in in history. Yeah, the, there were 
of course, embellishments, because every time you tell a story, uh, you try to fit it into the narrative of uh, how you want to tell it. But I, I think it's really important to understand that, um, you know, Alexander Hamilton was a real person. Uh, he was very important to the growth of our nation um, and everything that was going on with it really like the, the major events were not changed. You know, everything there was happening. You know, there's a reason why he was put on the ten dollar bill. You know, it's not because, you know, they ran out of people to put on money. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It, it was because he was a very important figure in the growth of our nation. Very influential. Yeah. And uh, it's just his story is was drastically undertold and to tell you the truth the really i i knew a decent bit about like how he had grown up and things like that and um how he had affected uh some of the financial stuff and the way he had um he the way his life ended but other than that i didn't know a ton about hamilton like i knew uh, the biggest thing for me was it was actually a punchline about the whole situation with him and burr um and, you know everything finishing it up but we'll, we'll work to that later on but um that was the biggest part i knew about his life so lynn manuel miranda the he was the br- the brain of this whole entire operation yes. uh so what he did is uh he he filmed this Broadway play in 2016, is what uh, it says in the beginning of this. But yes. uh, so he filmed it. Then he sat on this for a while, and then uh, he approached Disney uh, at the end of 2019, and uh, they offered him 75 million dollars to own 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 it. Yeah. And so Disney acquired it in 2020, and they uh, had planned to release it in I think February of 2021. Yeah. And then. The pandemic happened, and Disney just, you know, people need something to be happy about at home. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? We're doing it July 3rd. Yeah, and which is a great, great day to release. It right, to exactly. Very appropriate. Yeah. So the founding father of Alexander Hamilton it yeah. will be watched on Independence Day. So yeah. yep. that's and, really uh, cool. Yeah. He had a lot of leverage too, because I mean, he had built up a lot of good faith with uh, with Disney, with uh, Moana. With the, yeah, with Moana, and he's going to be. Uh, oh no. I'm sorry, that's not actually happening. <laughs> uh, that was something else. But anyway, but yeah, with Moana and just like his work with in, in the musical world, he's really built up cachet yeah. in that. And he was in the new Mary Poppins Returns. And, uh, and I think, yeah, okay, something... that's what I was thinking about. For some reason, my mind thought that for tricked me for a second and was like, was that just an SNL sketch? <laughs> <laughs> so something important to mention, Justin, I, unless you unless you said it and I completely didn't hear it. Uh, you're talking about Lin Manuel Miranda, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So he he's actually for those that don't know that name, like I was not familiar with that name before watching this. That is the actual actor who portrayed Hamilton on stage. So just in case there yes. are some people who are listening and don't know who that is, uh, not only did he crush the main role, but he was really yeah he was the the brainchild behind everything. And seventy five million. Yeah, seventy five million. Yep. Good night, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's amazing. And shout out to Disney for putting it out. You know, uh, just like when the uh, when ESPN rushed—well, I, I won't say rushed, but when they pushed ex- up. when they expedited the Jordan, the Michael Jordan documentary. You know, it's nice to see some of these big companies. Well, I guess that's Disney too, huh? Well, Disney yeah. runs the world, so I guess. they do pretty much. They yeah. have their hand in everything. Yeah. So normally, um, you know, there's there's several different ways to handle a review show, a re- review podcast. Uh, a lot of times we go chronological. We're not really going to do that with this one. Um, let's just let's just start. Uh, <laughs> I mean, overall impressions. Yeah, some overall impressions and highlights. So I don't re- normally throw this word around a lot, but I I truly like I truly believe this was a masterpiece. Yeah, 
like the from I know the first like hour and forty minutes, uh, like I had chills watching it. Like it, yeah. every performance was was very gripping. Uh, a, a lot of the actors, like I was picking, like oh, who, he's from that, he she's from that. So uh, there was a lot of uh, people that I can tell were launched from this. Uh, Definitely a springboard. Yeah. So um, the the actor who played George Washington played Moana's dad in in Moana. Yeah. And then uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Like I was just like, oh hey, that's the guy from the Nationwide commercial. Like, uh, <laughs> well, and he, his is kind of like a rebirth because he was in, you know, he was one of the few people before this who had actually had a significant acting career. Um, and then this yeah, kind he was of in like, Red Tails too. Yes, so. yeah. So he had had. Um, he, he this was kind of a rebirth for him. He was one of the few who actually had something before this. Yeah, and uh, the the king, uh, he is Kristoff yes. from Frozen. So yep, I yep. Mean, yep. For sure, yeah, he was pretty pretty epic. Um, I remember seeing uh, the guy uh, who played Lafayette um, slash Thomas Jefferson. He he has a pretty large role in Unbreakable Kimmy yes, Schmidt for a while. David Diggs, uh, yes. yes. So that that was pretty cool seeing him on there. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely remembered him and, and seeing him. The actress who played Angelica was in Altered Carbon, and yeah. she was the extremely uh, violent fighter. Uh, yeah. that was the love interest of the main character. Which so. the actress who played Angelica, I think, was the best singer. Yes, yeah. Every every time she opened her mouth, dude, it. it was like hypnotic. I know, and she, she was incredible. Yeah, and I mean, everyone was incredible, but there was just something about it. every time she was singing i was like all right here we go here yeah. we go Cap- <laughs> captivating right yeah. yeah yeah for sure um yeah so like my, my biggest impression would be um so my experience was i i had heard about hamilton i had really really wanted to go see it i'm a huge history buff um so like the idea of getting into a historical musical just seems awesome um so but i never had the opportunity to see it um i have an odd experience with it because I had listened to the songs before, uh, like, intermission, like, almost all the way up to intermission, countless times. Um, hmm. I have heard these songs so many times. I had the album downloaded. For some reason, I never really got into the songs after. So, like, it, it was almost <laughs> like I knew the story most of the way, but about halfway through, like, at intermission from then on was, like, a completely new story for me. So it was very interesting in that um, I – I loved um, seeing a lot, a lot of the songs play out. Um, actually, being able to see where these songs say in my head, like I said, I, I'd listened to them so many times, and I had so many things that I had imagined in my own head, and seeing them actually play out was fantastic. Um, and just like seeing the movement um, as they were going on was was incredible. Um, I, w- I, I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be so. Um, yeah, like the, just the everything that was great. happening yeah. that with it was was really interesting seeing because I'm I'm used to like plays kind of focusing in more rather than being everything moving as yeah. even one of the the main character even in the middle of like what should be monologues you're seeing people like moving around in the background. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that would be the big difference between just a, a standard play and a musical. Yeah. So I I think I mentioned this last week on the show. Um, some of my friends seem to forget that I was actually a theater minor in college. Wow. Just a shout out. <laughs> and, uh, no, a lot of times we joke about that, but, um, you know, there, in light of that, like I've never actually been a big musical guy. I'm really not like really not. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just prefer like a standard play. Okay. Um, yeah. I dabble in music. I mean, I like watching them. I enjoy, I've seen several 
Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I find enjoyment in all of them. So, really. so I've heard, you know, this is, this isn't like your normal musical, which obviously it's not. And here in a moment, we should get into a discussion about the actual like music and the yeah. theme of the music and everything, which was awesome. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, masterpiece is a good word. Everything from the actual singing and the, the movement, the blocking, like you mentioned, Anthony, the yeah. set. Yeah, Let's the talk set about the set for man, a second. Yeah. All right. So, the the rotating floor was yes. amazing. Yes, that they, was really cool. They utilized it perfectly. I oh think. man, like to be able to shift scenes without leaving stage or without moving massive pieces of the set. Yeah, like you know, you can see someone on the stage there, but they're not in the lighting, and you know that they are walking from their home, and when they come back into the lighting. They are now in the office with George Washington, for example. Yeah, you know, like right. that was just so cool how they. Yeah, there uh, was, yeah, there was a bunch of really cool stuff. Yeah, it, it was it was awesome. Um, so not to mention even the storyline or the actual songs, but just even the set, um, even even all of the uh, all the people who are doing a lot of the moving of the pieces and the dancing in the background. Uh, again, just excellent. So yeah, I like vis- how visually, it was it stunning. Was stunning, yes. yes. It, it seemed like nothing had like it, everything had a purpose. Like when they were moving stuff, everything seemed to have a purpose. There was no wasted motion, no wasted action. When an actor was moving from one point to another point, they told or, a story. Yeah, they were literally telling a story. Even even somebody who was up on the ramparts or you know up on a staircase, when they were moving, there was a purpose to what they were doing. Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. It was great to see it play out. Yes. Yeah, I I will definitely be watching it again. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I was, and you know, it's, so I will mention this. So right at the beginning. So again, when I sit down, I read the description. I know that it's about Alexander Hamilton. I roughly know, you know, I'm remembering a little bit about you know his story, but I definitely w- was reminded about a lot of things yeah. by yeah. watching this, which we'll get to that also in a moment. But when I sit down. You know, I'm coming into it with, you know, I'm not a big musical guy. This is going to be nearly three hours. You know, I, <laughs> how am I going to be able to focus? And the first few minutes, I was like, okay. like, And I and I knew by reading the description that there was a lot of hip-hop yeah. and R&B and, you know. But I was like, okay, if the captions weren't on, like, I wouldn't know. I, like, I wouldn't catch a lot of these lines. Yeah. Did you guys watch it with the captions or without? I did watch it with the captions. Part, and... part, partially, partially not. Like I said, especially for the beginning, I didn't need the captions because a lot of the stuff I already you knew. You knew the, whole, the first um, half. Like, so like, that's cause, a little different. Because, like I said, I have listened to them countless times. Um, I think one interesting thing to bring up is the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda, Miranda had literal notebooks full of rhymes for this alone. He had almost a... Just with, especially just with his character, he had notebooks full of rhymes for things coming up. And um, I'm a sucker for wordplay. And when you bring that stuff in and with and rhyming to, uh, it's just it's it, it just pays off so well. There were so many moments where uh, you, you would say one thing and would follow through to another thing, and I would just it, it just pays off so well. And w- once again, similar to like what I was saying about no wasted movement. There was no wasted words right, either. Yeah. The good words transitions, had purpose. Very good, yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, um, I've I've heard about Hamilton like when it first came out, and I, I always wanted to go see it. And uh, I listened to a few of the songs, yeah. and uh, just um, I, I like history. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not a huge buff, but uh, I'm definitely notches below Shimato here. But uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy history. But um, so anyway, I had a knowledge of it. I always wanted to go see it, and so. 
uh, I had to work today, so I really didn't have three. <laughs> I didn't have three hours to dedicate right. to watch this before we recorded this this pod, and so uh, my dedicated self. Uh, Which you are. You are yes. very dedicated. Uh, we're, he, us here on the East Coast, uh, it, it dropped on Disney Plus at 3 a.m. Uh, I set my alarm clock for 4 a.m. Yeah. And I watched it at 4 a.m. and then went right into work uh, at, at 7 o'clock hour. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely woke me up. Okay, because I came, <laughs> I I uh, set my alarm clock. I looked at it and I said, oh, four o'clock, man. Do I really want to do this?" And I came scrolling mm, on down. I turned on the big screen, and it, within the first fifteen minutes, I it was like I had a jolt of coffee, you're, and I was yeah. locked in. I was amped, locked in, and I kid you not, man, I had chills for like the whole first portion of the. Well, it's because yeah. that was might have been because it was four a.m. and you were cold. <laughs> no, on a serious note, I, on a serious note, if you're listening to this pod and it's your first time listening and you're wondering, man, these royal this royal geek podcast is it worth like sticking around? I mean, look at that dedication. You know, Justin yeah. here, he's going to wake up at 4 a.m. so that we can do a review for you people. All right, so. Stick along with us. Yeah. yeah, keep in mind, we record late at night, too. So <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, uh, yeah. a, it's been a long day for it's you. It's been a really long day, but That's right. it, it's been worth it. It really yeah, has We been. appreciate you doing that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, like I said, not everybody gets to wake up to a masterpiece every morning. So yeah. mm. it was, yeah, it was it was well worth it, so. Yes, well, um, did you find yourself singing singing some of the songs while you were at work today? Uh, definitely, definitely. That's uh, I'm some guilty of, of that. Yeah, yeah, guilty of that. I feel you, man. So about the music, man. So again, I, I, man, like, so are you guys familiar with spoken word? Yes. Okay. So yeah, which was my some of my favorite scenes was the the cabinet the cabinet. Oh scenes. well, hold on. We, yeah. We, we, yeah, we <laughs> d- hold on. I want to get to that scene in particular because that was the best scene. <laughs> yes, but we'll come back to that. Um, but the just. So spoken word is kind of like just verbal poetry. So you might say, well, isn't that rap? Well, kind of. But a lot of the elements, several of the elements in this play sounded very much not like a rap song, but like a spoken word. And and I remember I paused it. It was literally 12 minutes into the, the, uh, the show, the movie, or the performance production. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> I paused it, and there was 12 minutes in, and I told my wife, who I was watching it with, I was like, we are 12 minutes in, and just the main character alone, he has probably done at least two, like, spoken word, like, because I do spoken word, or I've done spoken word in the past, and he has probably said enough that is, it, just in these 12 minutes, that is about two whole spoken words already, which for me takes me forever to memorize, yeah, and and to think that we still had over two hours, almost two and a half hours, still mm-hmm. from that moment in time when I paused it, and he's the main character. I mean, just it's just remarkable, man. Yeah. Like what these people were able to remember, yeah. and how it was so flawless. It seemed like, and you know, it probably, you know, I, I was a theater minor. I understand not everything's going to happen perfectly, but man, yeah. these these are professionals, you know. So for sure, for sure. Jeez, yeah. all right. Um, how about favorite character? Uh, I mean, I liked uh, Lin Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton, uh, okay. I really, I, I just I, people tell me that if you watch the Hamilton now, the current day with the new new cast, that that that's a better Hamilton. I would like to see that to see because yeah. uh, I don't know, just something about his charisma um, that uh, on set. Uh, I don't know. I just it, it was very good. It was portrayed very well. But uh, Angelica was definitely a close second for me, though. Yeah, yeah, Angelica was good. Shimano, how about you? Um. I don't know. Like for me, the character that he he had a small role, but the 
the role of King George really, <laughs> really caught me. Dude, um, okay. Like, his epic... It, it may be because when I was listening Great to acting. it, my favorite song was You'll Be Back. It, because I love the... It, it drips with this, um, almost, uh, this feel of underlying menace mm-hmm. uh, throughout the entire thing um and just like some of the wordplay that he uses and you know like yeah. one of my favorite lines in the entire thing is um don't change the subject because you're my favorite subject yeah and i just love the wordplay there um that he has and then you know i'll send an entire arm battalion to remind you of my love you know um, <laughs> I'll, kill I'll kill all your family, family <laughs> to, to remind, remind you of, of my love, love. Yeah. just like I, I love the it reminds me of like it's very classic villain the the smiling villain in yeah, a lot of ways very much so, um dude. like to where it is and when he when i actually saw the performance like the seeing him literally like spitting yeah. as he was like the hate like it was yeah. just yeah, that, it was that pretty took epic me. that took me yeah. yeah i was like oh that is it, just seeing yeah. him actually do it was just was just awesome seeing him do that uh, that was probably yeah. my my favorite character there were a lot of so, other really cool characters the king though let's let's stand the king for a second man so now a lot of this, what I'm about to say, uh, the critique, not the critique, the uh, appreciation I'm about to throw out here for the king is due to the fact that all of his scenes were, you know, simply actually, you know, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but they were transition scenes. Yes. It was yep. to allow the majority of the cast to change. Um, and he was out there like three different times, but yeah. he was alone. Yeah. So he, so obviously all the focus is on him, but what I want to say, what I loved about his scenes they were so captivating. They yes. were. Yeah. And, and all of that, I mean, a lot of that has to do with lighting and, you know, the fact yeah. that, you know, there's no one else on stage. But also, just if you, next time you watch it, just watch his facial expressions, even his, while he is doing his monologues, you know, his, his intensity. Song. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it is so good. And my favorite thing he said was, and I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher the actual lines, but when he's talking about George Washington, like, retiring, oh, yeah. he yes. says something like, I wasn't aware you could do that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, um, man. So it, one of the interesting parts about King George is when he would also when he was dropping the mad and insane thing is because he actually went insane after the American Revolution. So that was a really cool like nod at like here we go. Bring the, the history. Shadowing of Bring himself the history. <laughs> uh, as well. Um, uh, if I remember correctly, Shimano's he basically like fell out of his throne when he found out that George Washington was going to give up his throne, so or his throne, his, his throne, presidency. Right. Um, so yeah, it was really interesting. Just like the little subtle things, and like I'll go, I'll go mad, I'll, I'm insane, like things like that. Where he, he literally was going insane. He was mad, even though it was never actually brought right. into play. And right. While he was doing that, that scene in the third, his third rendition. Yes. Uh, and then he's like, "Well, what are we like going to do?" And then he's, like, and then they whisper in his ear. Like it's John Adams. Like, oh, okay. Then <laughs> I know yeah. this guy. He's he said, a little guy. John yes. Adams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Can yeah. we talk about the fact that, dude? Poor John Adams, man. Not only was he the j- the joke of the entire show. Yeah, but there was he wasn't in it. There was no one playing. No. Am I right? There no, was no, no one playing, playing John him. Adams. Right. So he never even got like a fair representation nope. throughout the whole performance. Yeah, which I thought was just like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. It was funny to me. So. But I love the king. For me, I really loved actually. I really loved Aaron Burr. Oh yes, uh, Aaron Burr was amazing too. Um, and th- there were a lot of things that like connected with watching him as well. Yeah, like what? Okay, so there's this fa- there's the really big line where he, where he talks about talk less, smile, smile more, more. Mm-hmm. and 
I think it was a great way they showed it throughout the entire um, uh, the entire performance. There were moments where he wasn't, but he had this huge electric smile through like the entire through the entire production. Um, so it was really interesting that he was literally living that part of it out hmm. when he would yeah, say "talk less, smile more." He was smiling, and it was this infectiously large smile. So it was. Um, it was just like interesting to see because I had drawn to that line and everything like that. And of course, most people knew about that line. And that's one of the most famous lines in the entire um, show, I believe. But um, it just seeing it play out subtly like that as well throughout the entire performance was was incredible. Yeah. He had great stage presence. Yes, great stage presence. And you and I feel like of maybe all the I don't know I don't know if you guys felt this way, but maybe of all the characters, I just felt him more. I was like. You kind of really do feel for him, yeah. you know. Like you really get into because, and and he's kind of like the main. I don't know. He's kind of the main commentary throughout the whole yeah, yeah, performance is, no. too. You know, he, he keeps singing about how is this this uh, immigrant. You know, and he had like this long list of descriptions of uh, orphan, of Hamilton orphan, yeah, yeah. orphan um, whore child, right? Yeah. Isn't that what he or said? Child Son of a whore, whore and a yeah. Scotsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, he was just kind of bashing him the whole time, but. I, I thought Burr's character was great. Um, yeah, uh, Burr within like the first two minutes, uh, right when they make the transition, introducing Hamilton, he's like, "And I'm the guy who killed him." Like, yeah, just and like I'm the right fool off, who yeah, shot him. Yeah, yeah, like right that. off the yeah. right off the bat, and then you're like, "Okay, let's this, right. this is going to play out." Where is this yeah. going? Yeah. 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 So, um, very good to see. Very yes. good to see. All right, we cannot talk about this. Um, <laughs> we cannot talk about this musical without talking about the second half after intermission. When we get a glorious introduction to Thomas Jefferson, yes. you mean Prince, <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude. I mean, <laughs> it was epic. His entrance and then his entire so his entire persona the whole time, yes, was remarkable. Yes, yeah. he man, that personality that yes. he had was incredible. So man. so uh, charismatic, man. yes, uh, so much charisma. Diggs, David Diggs is the one who plays him, and yeah. man, he is was he was electric. Yeah. he was really electric. Yeah, yeah, and you got a little bit of that because he played Lafayette in the first half. Yeah, right. but yep. he really like turned it up a notch in the second half. And like I said, like I, I don't know, instantaneously, I got this Prince vibe from him. Yeah. Um, like it, it may have been partially because he was wearing purple when he was first introduced. <laughs> well, the way and, he walked too, he kind of had the swag, yeah. the swag walk he had mm. the whole time. And, yep. and even when he said in the eighties, like like uh, like there were just the, there were a lot of things that made it really seem like he was Prince. So he what did, did a, I miss? He did a fantastic. <laughs> French accent, I thought, as Lafayette, and then yes. he transitions over here to, to a French lover. <laughs> yes, Thomas Jefferson here. <laughs> and, like, where uh, have you been this whole time? Just yeah. hanging out in France. <laughs> and I just love how James Madison is his hype man the whole yes, time. Yes, dude. Oh my gosh! All right. So speaking of hype, um, you mentioned this earlier, Justin, and I wrote this in my notes because we had to talk about it. And if I was a good podcast host, I would have actually gotten some quotes because the lines were so epic. But if you guys are listening to this, you got to go and listen and watch closely again the cabinet meeting, yes. where, which is literally just a rat battle. Yes. yes. And there's two of them. There's two <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah, there's the two. Yes. There's two. The first one was, well, they're both really good, but yeah, the, first the first one, one was really dude, good. The first one, like, my jaw was dropped, dude. Like, yeah. It was yeah. so good, man. <laughs> dude. 
you, I had to pick my jaw off up off the floor, man. I mean, it was so good. Um, and Hot just hype is like the the key word. There, yeah, man. it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my so, gosh, such I, a good rap battle. Man. I'm, this is a terrible podcast. We don't. We're not. We don't actually have lines from it. Yeah, but if, you, if you're listening to this and expecting accuracy, a hundred percent, then <laughs> yeah. you yeah. need to get yeah, out. Yeah, of we're here. just fanboying <laughs> right now. We're just yes. fanboying. Okay, so yeah, we don't we're have just geeking out, man. That's yeah, it. I do wish I had the actual lines, but that was by far the best scene. I, well, I don't know. That might be a stretch because all of it was good. But, you know, there were several good scenes, but that one was particularly let me, so entertaining. Let me tell you a scene that really, like, captivated all me. Right, let's and hear it. it was when uh, Hamilton was meeting his wife. Yeah. And Angelica is doing the rewind. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really was good, good scene. So they play out the whole entire scene of uh, her introducing um, her sister, Eliza, to Hamilton, and yeah, then they get right. married. But then, like, when she's giving her speech, she reverses it, and then there's this, like, love triangle. Yeah. Yep. And, oh, man, it's yeah. Which, such, okay, such a love good triangle. Job. Dude, all right, so let's talk about this for a second. So Hamilton has an affair, and then he kind of comes clean about it to, I guess, save his reputation. Yes. Um, and to- then Angelica, who is with her sister at the time, Eliza, you know, isn't happy. And she says she loves her sister and everything like this. And Eliza mentions later that even Angelica was really hurt and offended when they ha- when they heard the news. But I'm over here thinking, like, man, I'm watching this first, you know, this first hour and a half, like Angelica, if she had the chance, she'd be like <laughs> she a jumped on that. <laughs> she would have scooped that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't know, man. I just felt like yeah. some big hypocrite uh, vibes there. You know what I'm saying? I, I, what, you're definitely correct on that. Uh, like another really emotionally charged scene was the Eliza scene where she's like. He th- she threw away the narrative. Yeah. Um. That was oh that was an epic. I love the intensity of that scene as well. But yeah, I was definitely uh, he was definitely emotionally cheating with Angelica. Uh, yeah. And if yeah. he had actually gone upstate, he probably would have done more than that. Uh, for sure. They, for that summer, they would have found a way to get together. Uh, that summer before he um. Well, when he cheated, when he was actually down there with summer of ninety one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was what you mentioned though, the rewind. That was cool how they did that with the stage and the the sound effects and the lighting. Um, and again, that was the, probably Angelica's biggest part, like that song and that whole scene was just amazing. So, uh, gosh. Okay. Um, I thought Eliza's voice was very, very angelic. Like, I mean, she sounded amazing. Yeah. Uh, when she, when she sang her solos, oh man, they're yeah. so good. She reminded me a lot of, uh, maybe just a little bit looks wise, but Indina Menzel, she like, maybe not as like, she didn't have the, maybe the epicness in her voice, but like just look wise. And like, she kind of had that feel to her a little bit. Yeah. There's, there's power, but soft yes. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, this is not a critique, but something I thought was kind of a funny thought. So in the description on Disney Plus, it said it's the, it's a story of America then told like how we would tell it now. Right. Which made me think like, you know, the style that they did it, right? When they're, they're doing, you know, some rap, they're doing hip hop, um, and it's just kind of fun in the way they're telling the story. It very much felt like. I don't know if you guys thought something like this, but like when you're in high school and you're, you're in your history class, yeah, and they say, "Hey, you you uh, you have to tell a story of a of a founding father, but do it in a unique way," and then like the the three or four guys on that group say, "Hey, let's do like a 
let's do like a a, a, a rap song describing <laughs> describing Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> and it just birthed into this so wonderful that, performance. That reminds me of a something that actually happened in my in, <laughs> in your in life, my, uh, not in my personal life, but when I was in high school, um, I had some friends do a cover of the um, Weezer song "Beverly Hills." But they did it for the Seneca Falls Conference that was in upstate New York, which was kind of the start of the um, of the suffrage movement for women to get the right to vote. Um, so, and they literally did a cover where they were singing Beverly Hills, but with lines that would be directed specifically for the yeah, Seneca so that, Falls yeah, that's Conference. Right, so that kind of idea, literally, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it legitimately happened in my <laughs> high school. That's what this felt like. Now, obviously, much better than just four high schoolers. You know, singing in the front of right. a history yes. class. All the awards I listed earlier. Yeah, <laughs> right. But the idea of like, let's do something really wild here, right? You yes. know, because like, you know, honestly, if we really want to talk about like Hamilton, it would just be all regal, and you know, the way they'd be talking in the, in a normal play. Mm, yeah. yeah, like I'd be falling asleep for two two hours and forty minutes if it was just. You know, the way that they talked back then, the right. way that they spoke. You know, imagine um, imagine the pitch. For when they, he first pitches the idea <laughs> to do this. Like, yeah. I mean, what? You want to do what man, with Alexander Hamilton? Yeah, yeah like, but the writing. Yeah. Oh, the writing, man. The music. Yeah. The lyrics. I mean, gosh, it, it makes me, it does make me want to now see it. I want, dude, I bet the, I bet the ticket prices are going to be skyrocketing. They were already hard tickets to get. Oh, yeah. Now, thanks a lot, Disney. They're going to be insanely <laughs> yeah. freaking expensive. Yeah. Yeah, so um well, we're almost done here. We should probably wrap it up soon. Any anything else? Any other highlights or something you know, if you have, you know, a negative, I don't really know if there was anything that oh, jumps geez. out. No, no negatives yeah. at all. I mean, uh, I would um I, I would say uh no negatives, but I thought one of the very interesting parts about it and through the entire thing, uh Hamilton was talking about not throwing away his shot and in the very end he threw away his shot. He threw away his shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was a very telling uh telling idea um throughout the entire show. I mean there were there were a bunch of things that just kinda like ran all the way through and themes that ran all the way through. Yeah. And that's like the repetition of it is of course large parts of plays and um and um musicals indeed uh, as well as movies just like really anything repetition um kind of leads to that type of storytelling yeah so i thought it was really interesting seeing him t- always talking about not throwing away a shot and in the end he threw away a shot and that's exactly what he did so uh, one last thing for me that stood out to me uh i mentioned in uh, previous pods that i'm a sucker for a good slow-mo and yeah. the the death scene uh, with Alexander Hamilton when the the shot yeah. is fired the bullet and then yeah. the bullet uh, they have the the one side actors like pretending like to hold the bullet yeah. and then it's slowly getting closer to him and slowly yeah. and things are playing out around him he's yeah. giving like a like a memory speech and like yeah. it's all it's all playing out around Seeing him and the his bullet's life getting, flash before yeah, his eyes yes and the bullet's getting closer and closer and she's like slowly inching towards him with him and then finally the bullet hits like oh man that yeah. was just yeah. so epic man it was it was truly incredible yeah. That, that's a good shout, man. That's a good shout. Again, just it wasn't just the singing, it wasn't just the acting. Everything about this por- performance was was phenomenal. Even even mm-hmm. something like that, even a, a one side actor pretending to hold a bullet going across the stage. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, with a with a performance like this, two hours and forty minutes, there's a lot of things we certainly missed. Um, so if you're listening to this and you've seen Hamilton either live or on Disney Plus, and you're like, you guys didn't even talk about this. 
you know, sorry about that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all really enjoyed it. We like to do some yays or nays on this show with reviews. <laughs> I have a feeling I know where we're going to go. Uh, but let's go around here. Justin, I'm going to start with you. If someone is wondering if they should watch Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, would you say yay or nay? I would say yay and then slap them if they don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shimato. I would say why are you asking me? You should have already watched this. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yes, I would say 100% yay. Yeah. Check it out. It's it's a commitment, two hours and 40 minutes, but it really flies by. And it does. And you really enjoy it, It does. Man. I, so. I, uh, I tried to talk about it at work with some people, and they're like, I'm just going to watch when I get off today because like, it, it hasn't even come out yet. And I was like, yeah. it came out this morning at 3 a.m. Yeah. What, what have you been doing? What do you mean you haven't watched you? it yet? Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah. What were you doing before you got here? So, yeah, I'll talk about it tomorrow with some people, I guess. So, but yeah. Awesome. Yep. Good deal, good deal. All right, well, uh, do you guys have any uh, recommendations? Anything you you know? Anything you want to shout out for some of our listeners for some other shows or movies to be looking out for? Uh, yeah, so on Amazon Prime, uh, it's if you're looking for just like a like a, a not so serious movie, maybe uh, catch a few laughs and kind of you know just unwind a little bit. Uh, My Spy, starring Dave Bautista, yeah, uh, mm, just Batista. came out and. Uh, <laughs> He really plays a, a character very similar to Drax, where he's uh, not he's, he's like a dry dry comedy, uh, and he's really clueless to the world around him, really. Yeah. And uh, he's like a meathead again. So uh, anyway, so pretty much all of his performances. Yes, and his uh, his co star is like a eleven year old little girl, and it it does have some really really funny moments. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, it's not it's not the best movie out there, but it, if you're looking for something to just uh, occupy but it's your something. Time, it's it's new content. Yeah, new content, and it was originally supposed to release in theaters, but uh, be, due to this pandemic, it was released on Amazon Prime. So wow. okay, uh, check it out. Um. Well, since we I leaned hard on the history. Um, side in this episode for obvious reasons. Um, been watching through a series called History 101 on um, on Netflix. It's it's an interesting uh, take. It has about 30-minute episodes of chunks on different things in history and how they're affecting us. Um, it's really interesting. Um, it, it has a lot of uh, uh, different takes and how just how the world has changed and has uh, been used. Like it has parts on like fast food and how they have affected um, affected the nation, robots, things like that. Just a nice little chunks um, that kind of pose little questions to to you. But it's hmm. done in an entertaining way and it's done in a way that is uh, it's pretty quick about it. It's not you know long drawn out documentary, which I personally love those, but I know that's not for everyone. Good deal. Good deal. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, guys, thank you for uh, for ta- her chatting with me, and uh, thank you to our listeners for listening to tonight's podcast. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter at Royal Geek Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to it. Help us uh, to grow. We are still the new kids on the block, and we are uh, excited for uh, f- for the opportunity to do more shows. So. All that being said, we are very thankful that you guys tuned in. Uh, For my friends Justin and Anthony, this is T-Roll signing off and saying thank you for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. We will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.